1: it's the state of combat podcast on cbs sports with your boy the brian campbell back jacked ready to unload the syringe it's filleth over with the one and only performance enhancing audio pro wrestling edition busy week for the soc yes your boy bc back talking about wrestling which is either good or bad just depending on what side of this great war you are on but i'm back i'm ready Loaded week, like I mentioned, got a couple boxing episodes, got a couple interview specials, and we got a whole hell of a lot of audio coming your way this week to get you fired up for UFC 245 in Las Vegas. I will be there on the ground very, very shortly. We got interviews, we got previews, we got instant analysis, so buckle up for that. We've also got a pro wrestling show right now in your ear hole. We're going to preview WWE TLC. We're going to do a state of love and trust on the world of pro wrestling. We're also, hey, it's been a long time since I rock and rolled with my friends here. Not just my co-hosts, you the listeners. I want to hear from you today. DM season, it's open, it's back, it's ready. We're going to hit that up. Spoiler alert, the Silver King, not friggin happy he may have just blocked me on twitter i'm gonna have to check but let's bring him in anyway because i got so much wrestling on my mind refuse to lose here's your ticket and the drummer get wicked my (laughs) co-host you know him say hello
0: to the bad guy
1: oh yeah Never met a take he's done dispassionately. Has he hedged? That's up to you to decide. He's South Florida's most passionate pro wrestling assassin. He's the Silver King, Adam Silverstein.
2: Hey now, yeah, BC, you uh, you nailed it off the top there. I feel right now like Roman Reigns looked at about ten fifteen, let uh, nine fifty nine p.m. on Friday night. That's how the Silver King feels right now. Uh, but we're gonna do a show talking a lot of pro wrestling. This is for not more importantly than the show. Cause the show is more important, but this is one of the busiest weeks in state of combat podcast history. I would say,
1: I think you're right. Uh, we had uh, instant analysis, Joshua Rees over the weekend. We got the boxing show Monday wrestling today, UFC Wednesday, boxing interview, special Thursday, UFC interview, special Friday, IA pods on Saturday, Man, I'm going to be spending a lot of time in the orifices of our listeners.
2: And Sunday, eight straight. It's going to be eight straight days. Pretty impressive content management right there. Wow. Wow. Um,
1: Silver King, we mentioned how angry you were at the top of the show. Um, what I like to do to blow off some steam sometimes is sit in a hot tub. Relax. Any thoughts on your end?
2: Uh I've replaced it with see it's it's like a nice fifty degrees at night here in South Florida. Perfect it has been the last weather. week. So
1: perfect for so, a hot tub. So I
2: go on the patio on my in my brand new patio furniture paid for by the funds from the sale of the hot tub. The nice hot chocolate kicked my feet up, some lake breeze. It's beautiful. It's wow. great. All
1: right, all right. You can you can stay on that hill. This guy anti-hot tub, he will live on that hill. That's how he gets down. Hey, there's a third guy on the podcast this week.
2: Is he the third man? He's the third
1: man. What the hell is going on here? He's Northeast Pennsylvania's most passionate beer drinker, CBS Sports editor, writer, Outback Jack Crosby back on the show. Jackson, how was your trip down to the uh, CBS Sports paradise of Fort Lauderdale?
0: Well, it's cold and pouring rain here, so I would very much like to go back. That was such a depressing feeling getting back yesterday and just seeing the snow and ice. And again, like Adam said, I felt like Roman.
1: What, with the dog food on him? Is this,
0: I felt like to he looked when I got off twice? that plane. God.
2: We had a really we had a really difficult <laughs> 72 hours here. I mean, it was just nonstop work for three days. Um, and then coming out of that, you know, Monday was not much easier. Uh, just go just. Jack traveling, me continuing to work without him. So I was kind of by myself a little bit. So, yeah. Would would you say he's given you hard
1: times, Adam? Is that what you would say?
2: Oh, yeah. All
1: right. All right. A couple of things you can say about Jack, though.
2: One of the best guys you'll ever meet. Huge hog. But
1: All right, I didn't say it. Cody. Cody did. All right, Cody did. All right. Hey, you guys have been taking advantage of the uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. We got deals every day for cheap wrestling shirts that I'm sure you're getting emailed for. You know what I just opened up yesterday? By the way, I opened up Bar Sullivan last week, so you better believe I can't wait to wear
0: <laughs> that shirt. And a beautiful portrait yes. is painted with their bodily...
1: thank you um i opened up uh brock party carmella's dance break i don't even know if i'll ever even wear these but if i get a chance to buy them for four to five dollars they're gonna end up in my collection all right no i
0: I want that mega power shirt you were wearing on morning combat
1: believe that believe that they got that in yellow and red you got to dig deep on the wwe site though i may have paid full price for that i can't i can't reveal it
2: the brock party shirt's solid i got the uh so, I I never, I try to never order WWE shop because the shipping, $6.99, like it's, we're yeah. basically 2020 at this point. Do free shipping. Like you're, you're literally costing yourself sales because it makes, it, it really makes the, uh, some of the purchases cost prohibitive there. But I got a money in the bank, uh, Christmas tree ornament. I don't have a Christmas tree, but it, it was like $2.99 on sale that I'm going to hang from my desk. That's pretty cool. I got the Andrade Cien Almas, you know, 100 shirt. Uh, and for some reason, that's not. Those aren't even the best things I got. I'm completely blanking on like the number one thing that I purchased. Uh, but I got three things, and they haven't arrived yet. I don't even have tracking yet, but they should be here uh, sooner than later. If What's asking,
0: it? Just like a little briefcase?
2: It's a little briefcase with like a you know like like the ornament string that you would hang on a tree. But I, you know like uh, the desk here, I have those yeah, yeah, yeah holes at the end, so I'm just gonna hang it right around that. It's pretty. Cool. That so, works. That's awesome. Works. Yeah, yeah,
1: you're gonna ask me whether I got the uh, Saudi Arabia Tyson Fury Kane Velasquez shirt. I did. I did. You know, you got to no, you you put like a photoshopped one. Yeah. Sometimes you got to mark no. moments in time that were either good or bad. Right. I will have that forever. Oh. Hashtag never forget.
2: Thank you. The other the other shirt I got was the Wyatt Gym. The pink and black. That's I've wanted that shirt since the beginning. It was like nine ninety nine. I had yes. to do it. Yes. All right. Uh, I got a lot I
1: want to talk about here. Right. I, we can go off the rails. This is my show. So I'm ready to do this. Let's do
2: this.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Brock. Are you guys listening to the New Day podcast because it's the best thing that ever happened?
0: No, I haven't yet. I haven't had time.
1: It's everything you would want a WWE licensed and pushed podcast to be, but would assume that it wouldn't be. And right. it's perfection, guys. It's them telling real inside stories about how negatively they were pushing how they overcame, then just crapping on VKM constantly, and them almost with this sort of daring nature of like, come at us. What are you gonna do? We're you know what I mean? We we like we are on. Untou- it's almost that air of like, we're untouchable. What are you gonna do? It's kinda like what the what the Corey Evans podcast try Corey Evans, good shout out to Corey Evans, <laughs> Nog to Kai, class of ninety six. What the Corey, Corey Graves pod tries to do, but is a little bit try hard. The New Day one is nailing it. I know you're not a big podcast fan, Adam, but find some time for it.
2: Well, no, the New Day is a podcast I will listen to. I I did listen to one of the Corey Graves episodes and it was, you know, the word I don't like to use, uh, you know, the modern word, but it's kind of cringe on on occasion. It's just not really my cup of tea. And and like you said, it's trying to be something that it really isn't. Uh, But the New Day, I'm very interested in for all the reasons you said. I did hear that on the second episode, I guess the last episode, they released all the entire list of names uh, that WWE came up with. and there was one name on that list, Trilogy with two l's that I thought was a great name. like the, the list wasn't great, but it also wasn't all bad. There were probably five or six names that, Could have worked just as well as the Yeah, but there
1: were some quasi-racial, stereotypical names on there, like you would expect, where names are just like, good God, who is running this show? Oh, we know who's running this show. That really old white billionaire. Yeah, that guy's running this show. Look, I know, I know.
0: There is no racism here in the World Wrestling Federation. We don't allow it. We'll allow it under any
1: circumstance. Very little creativity either, Vince, but that's a topic for another day. How about this day? Yes, let's get into that this week. Um, Look, I want to service our... Wow, that's that that's going in a good place. I want to service our listeners. I want to hear from them early, often. I want to pop them with a couple questions, and I want to put you guys in the hot seats to break it down. You ready for this? You ready to hear from the people? Well, you're going to have oh, to go. wait, because we're going to Dude. do that right after we hear first from our friends and sponsors. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about.
0: Dig it. you ready for this yeah if is the most original and heartfelt movie in years magic like
2: this comes around once in a
0: lifetime this friday experience it with your whole family
2: can we do it again
0: if ready pg
1: and we're back bc sk outback jack coming at you dm times let's hit that sound drop
0: Kentucky Long Rifle. What is that? An email? No,
1: John. No, no. It's a DM. All right, guys. I got a couple here. I want to go rapid fire, but I want to hear from the people. I haven't connected with these people in a long time. Some of these people may be blocked on Twitter by Adam. We're going to find out here. So get fired up. Get ready. Hey, it's Adam on Adam Crime. I want to start right here, Adam. Part of your faction. You know that guy, Adam X. Parsons. He's a comedian. You know that guy?
2: Uh, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, come okay. on. He's a, he's a 29, 18 Mount Rushmore member. We, you know, we love that guy.
0: Because you guys all know that I'm a rough writer.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Adam. We'll handle the comedy from here on out. Thank you. He says, <laughs> look, um, I really feel like WWE has exhausted the TLC pay-per-view gimmick. I'll pause and let you know. Obviously, full TLC uh, preview coming in this pod. But here's a question from Adam. He says, look, this year, there's no ladder match. There's no chair match. Yet there's two TLC matches. Plus, Bray and Becky are in matches, but not defending their titles. This card hopefully can get saved by Murphy and Black. But how about this idea, and I'll I'll pin this on Adam Silver King. Why can't WWE swap out TLC for a true Starcade pay per view in December going forward and really end their year strong?
2: Yeah, they should. Um, I mean, it's it's WWE when they started doing monthly pay per views, they came up with a lot of generic names for a long period of time, um, and then they started coming up with unique matches, and they would have unique matches on some of these shows. And what they ended up doing was turning the show names into the unique matches. We have Money in the Bank, which used to be contested at WrestleMania. It was a, a highlight match on the show for mid-carders to win something that wasn't a title. It, it gave a reason to have a multi-man match on WrestleMania. You had TLC matches. You had Hell in a Cell matches. You had Elimination Chamber matches. What WWE has done over the last six years or however many is turned these matches into the selling point for the pay-per-views as opposed to delivering really good pay-per-views and slotting the matches in where they make storyline sense. It is one of the company's biggest problems. I think Elimination Chamber maybe is an exception because you have the Royal Rumble for, you know, one spot and then you maybe have the Elimination Chamber for another or if you want a champion to lose the title without getting pinned, that serves a purpose. But Hell in a Cell, TLC, uh, Money in the Bank, all these other ones, in my opinion, the gimmick matches should be no longer the names of pay per views, and they should be utilized as needed uh, throughout the year as appropriate. Yeah, you nailed
1: that. And I think to answer the spirit of the end of his question, is why wouldn't they do what he just said? Hey, pull that one, put it in a Starcade. Well, look, yeah, the war's exactly. still going no, on. Not, the not war's Starcade. still going on in Vince's brain. He couldn't do that. He wouldn't do that. We're lucky we get Clash. Of champions, which is close enough to WCW Clash yeah. of the Champions, but not the real thing. He's not going to give us what we want, which is freaking Starcade. He'll let Paul give you a, a bastardized version of War Games, and I know, I know, everybody, Paul's version of War Games is great. It is, all right, but it ain't, it ain't JCP's version or or Dusty's version. Anyway, Jack, you had something?
0: Yeah, no, I think the fix is easy. D- don't do Starcade, <laughs> which tr- traditionally is like a Thanksgiving type thing. In between, scrap TLC. And that in between Survivor Series and the Royal Rumble, just do what I have been begging for for years: broadcast the December twenty sixth Madison Square Garden show on the network. They do the same show every year
2: at the at the home. Just yeah. do that. I, they're, not gonna, they're, not gonna they're not going to give up a monthly pay per view. They're not going.
1: That's for the very. Extreme I'm not saying. Of-
0: I, I'm not telling them, but I'm saying that ideally, I would just scrap the whole concept. I'm not saying they are or they should, but. Just broadcast the MSG show. I've
2: wanted that broadcast since the advent of the network. They do the same show every year. I think what WWE used to do is they used to have, as you joked, Brian, it used to be like it was Clash of Champions and it was Night of Champions. Now it's Clash of Champions again. I don't even know. But they used to that used to be for a period, the December pay-per-view. I think you just go back to that. You end the year strong. It's this really special card where all the championships are defended. You give yourself six weeks until the Royal Rumble. You don't need to worry about TLC or any of that crap on there because uh, it's not supposed to be that kind of show. And you throw t- TLC matches or stretcher matches or all these other things wherever else you want on the calendar. Uh, and I would also just, on the, like I said, on the same note, I would take Money in the Bank out of the month or two months after Mania and I would put it back on WrestleMania. Because Money in the Bank used to be a reason to watch WrestleMania. And now it's they just do a eight-man tag team title match where another, you're like, I really don't care about Another quick this. fix would just be to make your pay-per-views feel important.
1: Hey, I'm not asking a lot, right? It's like, right now, look at the TLC on pay-per-view. It's pretty good, but the, the feuds I really care about on Raw... They don't even have matches at the TLC pay-per-view. Maybe they will somehow Friday night. I don't know. We'll get to that later. Hey, Jack, I wanted to hit you up. I got another uh, one coming in here. Oh Wow, did you hear that? Um, Jack, you ever hear this guy, Mick Johnston, at Mick underscore Johnston, one of our hardcores, one of our regulars from Down Under? We got a passionate crew of Down Under guys. He says, look, been a while since I slid in, BC, but you know your man in Aussie is always enjoying the performance-enhancing audio. Also popped for the meat pie love you had going on at Thanksgiving. Thank you for that, Mick. It's an all-year dish here. You know that. I've been interested in hearing you and Outback Jack talk about the WCW feels that you're getting from AEW. I was a Nitro guy. I've had similar feels about Raw of late, especially from their mid-card scene. But think back to when Nitro's mid-card had Eddie, Ray, Jericho, Booker T., Benoit, Malenko, etc. not to mention the damn cruiserweights I always popped huge for La Parca. Didn't we all, Mick? He says the match quality was there every week, and we can look back now and see how many of these guys would eventually break through into the main event scene when they got to WWE. Would love your take, Jack.
0: Could AW you, you right improve, now. Could you Raw's
1: midcard scene and kind there's... of double down on what WCW was doing?
0: You know, it's it's tough to say with AEW because they're still finding their footing. You know, and while you and I like to uh obviously make the comparisons between AEW and WCW, I think we forget that WCW was around for so much longer, whereas AEW is still a baby. So they're 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 still just you know, I, I say it all the time. It's my it's my go to for AEW. Everything is trial and error. But there are there's a plethora of talent in that mid-card scene right now. In AEW, that I'm excited about, that I like watching every week, and I like how they mix them in in different spots. Um, you know, a, a guy like MJF, we're already pegging to be a top star someday. Scorpio Sky, right now, even though a tag team champion, still like from a singles perspective, just want to single him out from SCU. He's a huge mid card guy that could break through. Um, but it's it's early to tell. You got to You still got to give it a little bit and see how they're gonna build it. You know what i you know what I'm saying? But you gotta have a strong mid card, and you gotta promote actual
1: storylines in your mid card to prepare these people for the next Which, level. Whether we're
0: talking Raw, AEW, or
1: anybody, so that was something that was one of the rare things that WCW always seemed to do well, even during their really bad main event storyline parts in the last few years.
0: That is what I'd like to see AEW do with them a little bit more—is just the storylines. Not ju- They can't. <laughs> they can't take the approach that they sort of are now. Where like they're promoting a major independent card and just saying, "Hey, get excited about this guy wrestling this guy," which is cool in theory to see that match. But we're at the point where AEW now, you know, regular presence on TV, where we have to say, "Okay, but why is so and so wrestling so and so?" Even if it's on AEW Dark, like even if it's on that's that fair. show, that's fair. You, you got to start giving us reasons.
2: And, and and to me, it's also you know AEW, they're they're one of their main promises is that they're an alternative, right? And I think when you talk about match quality and you look at certain aspects of presentation, you can see that, uh, the promos, it's a little bit more adult, so on and so forth. It just doesn't feel like, I guess it is by definition an alternative. It just doesn't feel that different to me where BC, when you and I were conceptualizing this before AEW existed, really going to be all, all all Japan, all J E W. Right. Um, we is that all expecting... is that a lot? Can I say that on the air? Is that, is that, is that intentional? Yeah, as long as it's not intentional. Uh, I think we had one concept with the New Japan America thing, which, by the way, is happening, and they're coming to Miami January 20th, like their third show, by the way, but we'll get to that maybe at another point. Um, but that was our first concept. Then when AEW first started, we said, wow, it's going to be just like that, but American. And really, to me, I think one of the reasons I'm – not in, not enjoying AEW as much as both of you are is it doesn't feel like I'm watching something that demonstrably different than what I am getting from WWE in terms of from the over the 2 hour period what I am seeing on my screen they really? are not doing unique things really All right, I in the st- stage causes you there. they're not doing really unique storylines. Yeah. Dustin Rhodes got attacked by a limo. How many times have we seen that in I WWE? I want to dig into
1: your flesh. I want to dig a little deeper and, and have you explain this. On the surface, yeah. you're correct. They're not reinventing the wheel. Exactly. They're not going yeah. all out indie style. Like they're, they're kind of like, Dust, like uh, Cody always says being a little, you know, being the buffet, being a little bit of everybody. But yeah, do you, do you not feel the main reason why I love it right now is that it's so fun and free spiriting and I feel like when I'm watching that anything can happen part of that is cuz they're new we haven't again we haven't seen them fall into too many tropes that right. it's by far the most fun viewing experience even when NXT is a better product I have I never have more fun than when I'm watching AEW do you do you experience that as well cuz to me that is the difference like that's the defining I, difference
2: I experience uh, moments and extended periods of that I do not experience that for 2 hours I uh, when I see Chris Jericho in the ring cutting a promo, and he I I I mean, I don't know if you listen to Thursday's show, but I thought his promo was this past week, which again, I don't even think you've seen, is yeah. one of the most genius promos of the entire year. I'm not saying it's the best, but basically BC, without spoiling it too much, he took his list promo from WWE and his arm bar from WCW, arm bar promo from WCW and combined <laughs> them. And I'm I'm sitting there watching it and I'm like giddy. I'm like, this is exciting this would never happen in wwe it's just so different and unique the promo he did a couple weeks ago with mjf it was so cool the formation of the inner circle and them going into the skybox and it's uh i mean cody's you know guys going into the skybox and attacking them all that stuff got me going just like you but i would be disingenuous if i said i felt that for two hours every week i feel it for probably 35 40 minutes and look i'm not saying wwe i feel it for three hours on Monday, I don't, but but the hope for me was that AEW would be so strikingly different that it would immediately turn a switch and say, wow, you have to watch this. You have to watch this, where uh, not, they have not done anything to this point that has me saying, I don't want to watch NXT live anymore. I need to watch AEW live. I'm still happy to watch it immediately after. I watch the entire show. I've seen every episode. But NXT for me is still that show that says, like, you need to watch this or you're missing out on something. By not watching it live. It's,
1: fa- it's a fair breakdown. I, I, I differ a little on that feeling, uh, except for when the Joshi women come on. Then I'm kind of like, hey, Kenny, how about you wrestle instead? Thank you for your commitment <laughs> to these women. But how about you wrestle? They make me a sandwich. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. It's 2019. People, women should be able to <laughs> vote. This is in Saudi Arabia. All right. Get out of here on this. All right. We got to roll through here. I got a couple more DMs quickly. One from Kathy at Slippy Calf. That's C-A-F-F at me. She says, hi, Brian. It's me again. Oh, hey, hey, Kathy. I, I guess we got female listeners, Again? Adam. What have you guys been doing when I've been gone? Interesting. All right. Hey, I'll take that. You see something, say no, something. wrong button, but I'll take a little bit of that, too. Uh, Kathy saw something, and she said something. She says, you know who wants to see someone smeared in dog food? No one. SmackDown is for nobody. Keep up the good work. Cheers. Kathy, thank you for saying what needed to be said. Um... I say this every week. I don't have to go long on it, but nothing's changing, guys. SmackDown is not for you. SmackDown is not for me. SmackDown is for nobody. And would you say now, guys, what, what, what was the, the, the debut date for SmackDown?
2: Uh, October 3rd or something like that? And uh, fourth.
1: So, so we're two plus months fourth in. Second. We're two plus months in. And I'm not even going to mention the ratings because, to be honest, I didn't even know. I stopped checking the ratings. I don't even care. Just, I'm just gonna say from two plus months in, given the potential that WWE had with that time slot on that channel to, like, change wrestling, to remind people what wrestling could be like, to do all of that. Good Lord, this has been an abject failure. I know Kathy's using the dog food, which we'll get into on this show, as the the key to get in there. But good Lord, SmackDown on national television has been an abject failure. It's Vince's fault. That's Vince's show. That's what Vince thinks wrestling is in 2019.
2: It's an even bigger failure when you compare it to Raw, which, I mean, I stand by what I've been saying. It It. We, it, it's competing for best show. It's been competing no. for best show of the week the last couple of weeks. It's not light Raw, years better, though.
1: Did you see? Did you see the Bobby Lashley uh, Lana Cringe fest this week? I mean, it's not light years better. Did
2: you hear? Did you hear the crowd go absolutely nuts for Rusev?
1: Yeah, but he was in. Uh,
2: he, did you see the booking? what did you think of the booking last week, where they, where they basically gave a, the great, you know, kind of the microphone in between the argument and they're getting arrested and the crowd's going nuts? You don't have to like everything WWE does, and you're not going to because WWE is not a show made towards one group of people like NXT is and like AEW is but there are when you watch raw now it it give it's giving me 2016 smackdown feels of this is a show that you are going to want to watch and your 3 hours your investment of 3 hours is not going to be completely wasted even if there's a couple moments that you may not like smackdown is the opposite yeah, smackdown yeah, you're is right, you're right. is you're wasting your time watching these 2 hours but we're, we're, you're, there's going to be 20 minutes in here that you'll enjoy but the rest of the show is really not going to be there now I got to say this, the dog food thing. I simultaneously hated it and I simultaneously loved it. I didn't love it because I thought it was genius booking. I don't, I don't love it because it made Roman Reigns look good or made Baron Corbin look good or anything like that. But there is one guy in this company right now, in WWE, who is universally hated, who is a true, legitimate heel, who draws a strong crowd reaction That person's Baron Corbin. And whether it was childish and a little bit ridiculous, whatever the case, the dog food thing, Roman being chained up like that, being helpless, it it continued the rehabilitation of Roman Reigns, BC, which is the topic of the podcast that Jack and I did last week. It was the rehabilitation of Rollins as a heel, which I hope we talk about very soon, and the rehabilitation of Reigns as a face. And what you cannot deny, you may have hated the segment. You may hate the concept. You may hate the entire feud with the do- costume dog, all that. But Baron Corbin is getting loudly booed, and Roman Reigns is getting loudly, almost universally cheered. And if that's the end goal, they're succeeding in getting their top guy over again. What a load of
1: crap! Um, Part of that, the part where exactly. you're saying that uh, Corbin's getting booed, but it's not Corbin getting booed. It's Vince's shit 2019 booking that's getting booed. Do you know when Corbin, like Corbin was also really good when he was just straight up a badass heel and he could get real heel heat. Now they're shoving this feud down our throat, which is ad nauseum to have Roman feuding nonstop against this guy. No title at stake. Who cares? You already feuded like six months ago. Oh, now he's got extra friends that help beat Roman down. We're going nowhere. And now we're going to dog food. How is this rehabilitating Roman Reigns? Because we feel bad for him. We feel bad for him that he's got to perform this in 2019 when Wednesday night, they're peeling our faces off with how good wrestling is.
2: He is getting... I mean, I don't know if you're just ignoring the crowd reaction that Roman Reigns is getting, but by putting him opposite Corbin and having this stuff happen, I don't think WWE... Like, I don't want to say they intentionally do stupid things, okay? but I simultaneously think that Vince kind of has it in his head where he's like, this is so... It's not so bad. It's, it's, not it's, so bad, it's good, but it's, it's, it's something that I know fans are going to hate, and it's going to help Roman get over. Okay,
1: but Adam, and that, it, that's it abusive get troll over. booking, though, and they do that all the freaking yeah. time, and people that's, just accept it. That's an unbearable segment, how they closed on Friday night. That's...
2: Man, I'm, not, I'm not defending, I'm, I'm trying to explain, I'm not defending the segment. I'm simply saying that it is ultimately working. That's all I'm saying.
1: All right, let me bring in Jack here. Jack, my biggest problem here, what the, what's the story? It's it's copy and paste at its worst.
0: Yeah, it's traditional. Corbin's just being a pain in Roman's ass. Right. The, the heels being a pain in the babyface's ass, which that's pro wrestling. It happens. It's not my cup of tea. I don't like this. I we talked about the rehabilitation of Roman Reigns. Yes, I think Roman Reigns now is above this BS. Yes, yeah. I think he's above this BS. This is a waste of time. I don't care what they're. Motives are to get ro- no, 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 no. Roman Reigns is at the point where he's above this crap, and to be quite frank, I cannot wait until we're done with this on Sunday.
1: Thank you, thank so you for just saying. Just please get this over saying. with because <laughs> so th-
0: there's, there's no rehab going on here. I want That's to what they're see- doing? No, but I—it's a waste of time. Do you I don't know what want to not? Say- there, There's
1: no rehab. They're actually pushing people away from the product.
0: No, they're not. Like I went on the, this rant Friday Friday last week. I don't know if you heard. I went on this rant <laughs> to the listeners about how here's here's where Roman is in the pecking order and when he does meet Bray Wyatt do not cry about it because it's an amazing story so get your whining out of the way you put it on mute I don't want to hear it so at the same time I think you'd be better served just and I hope they do because you never know what these guys maybe
2: they don't walk away from this on Sunday but god I hope they do again as we've talked about you can't like look again I'm not defending that I'm not saying it was good it wasn't good period okay but it was can't offensive. Always, it, you not can't just every say it was good. It was it, offensive. It's literally offensive. Not every feud can be. Oh, I need Roman Reigns to go up against the heel and just beat him the entire time. Like, oh, let's have Roman, you know, challenge Shinsuke Nakamura for the Intercontinental Championship and win that match and have him take down Sami Zayn also and so on and so forth. That's the booking of Roman Reigns that got fans to hate him. So what they've been trying to do over the last, you know, six nine months, it, time and time again is put Reigns in situations. They tried to do it with the attack that was botched with Daniel Bryan where he just kept getting beat down and it didn't seem like it was fair to him. And, and why is this guy getting attacked? They, they keep trying to put Reigns in this position where you have no choice but to root for him. And again, you may not like the booking, but I have to give credit to WWE for taking this guy who they ruined from their booking and rehabilitating him to the point where when he does get into this match with The Fiend, at WrestleMania, let's say, and he is the one to take the title off him, that he's not going to get the Seth Rollins treatment of getting booed because the fans will accept that he's now in that position. Well, what's the price and again, you, pay you don't to have do to do look that. the book, but it is working. That's right, all I'm but saying. The price you pay to get there. You're not like. You're, yeah.
1: You're wearing down your audience core so hardcore, unless there's a lot of people like you, Adam, who are just like, look, I know what they're doing long term. It is what it is. I'll forgive them. Like it's wearing people down to the nub. I couldn't care less about Roman Reigns right now. He's not involved in the title reign. He's not involved in a feud that matters, dude. Like everyone beats on Baron Corbin. When the two of them are on the microphone together, there's no creativity. It's it's like it's 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 throw up in a cup, and then you gotta well, drink it, it back down.
2: It goes back to SmackDown being the, it, what Raw was, which is the Vince run show with scripted promos and everything feels canned, and, and you know what, how the booking's going, and, and you know who's behind the scenes, and it's, look, Vince is behind Raw, too, just like he was behind SmackDown in 2016, but when you watch Raw these days, these promos feel more legitimate. They feel like Maybe they're bullet points instead of scripts. Maybe they're not even that. Maybe these guys are allowed to go out there. I don't think Kevin Owens is being scripted. I don't think that Seth Rollins' promo on Monday night was scripted. I I, I felt like that show was giving me the WWE in 2019, 2020 that I want. SmackDown, we're in agreement here. It's not for us. I mean, it's there are moments that are, but as a whole, this show is Definitely. being written for a larger – more general wrestling audience that, that I think it's I think it's, it's dwindling. Not even it's that, sad. that audience is dwindling. it's sad that
0: the best SmackDown show so far was one where the superstars were stuck in an entirely different country and they had to call the NXT guys yeah. and rush them into the arena as the show was airing.
1: You know, right. you have a chance to uh reteach a public of lapsed fans or never have been wrestling fans what wrestling is in 2019, and that's Vince's presentation. I don't see how that turns anyone on it, it. could only turn people off in terms of what they could actually be doing. It's, it's sad. Well, it's heartbreaking,
2: that's the, but, but that's the failure BC because what we're seeing on raw is what we had hoped that Fox was going to demand from WWE, which is yeah. more realistic, more sports oriented, more action, a little bit more adult, you know, because it, it's Friday night on Fox. you're not, They're not going to go crazy, but you can go a little bit further. Give you, that's, give. that's what we thought we were going to get, and it's the exact opposite. It's not the exact opposite, though. That's where I want to pause you. It's certainly encouraging.
1: It's certainly overall. I like the mixture of squash matches. I like the fact that when they have two people that aren't in a giant feud, they seem to let them actually wrestle and have a really good match. And you're like, man, I'm invested in this. On top of that, yes, there are certain hamanisms going on. I mean, that weekend update thing with the, with the street profits this week, I was like, ooh, no, don't ruin this. Where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? And then by the end of it, those guys are so brilliant that I'm like, wouldn't be the direction I wanted them to go, but they freaking nailed it. That was like, that, that was great. So overall, I'm saying it's going in the right direction, but I'm not looking at raw as a solved problem. Raw, like to me, still reeks too much of Vince, still reeks too much of main roster WWE in 2019. It's a hipper show. But again, I would watch NXT and, and AEW, you know, three times over. Then have to watch Monday or Friday nights, and yeah, maybe but if, maybe it's time for me to step away from the microphone for good, and, and that's fine if if it's time to, for me to be put out to pasture, it's fine. But that's where we're at. I think to be a, someone who's saying that Raw is fantastic, you really have to be a protector of WWE style. And, and, oh, I think that's I think and that's, that's, and I
2: think that's complete BS. If you don't think if you don't think that Raw this month, the last four episodes of Raw, is drastically better than it was six months ago, I mean, okay,
1: but it is, Adam. But my but, what, but what my final statement is it's still just good. It's not great. It's not where it should be with the talent on that roster and the brains they have back there. It's not like, hey man, we got through that shitstorm and it's really
2: good now. No, like it's good. It's good. It's not great though. Like Raw was Raw was the best show of the week 2 weeks ago. Over NXT, AEW. first time ever.
1: No, 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 no. no, no, no. It was it, it was a it was the best offering from Raw in a while, but I don't see how you could say that's my, that's how I want my wrestling. Just like that.
2: No, I, how I want my wrestling is NXT. I get
0: it every Wednesday night. It's great. The sad part is I, the, the three, and this is the common theme. And it, it usually comes back to this. I understand there's nothing they could do about it from what you hear. The sad part is all three of us would be on the same page. Brian, I, 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 I'll predict this. If we would be the on this. We would be on the yeah. same page. If Rob was a two hour show. Be better. If that raw was two hours. I think you're, I wouldn't say your tune would drastically change BC, but it'd be a little more positive. I'm not, I'm not going to argue that. If it was two hours.
1: We didn't ask them to give us five hours of main roster. We never,
2: we, we, no one ever asked WWE (laughs) to make Raw three. And then once they beat Nitro, they should have immediately gone right back to two.
1: Yeah. I'm not going to argue against that. Um, all right. It's a good time now to transition to what actually was the biggest topic of the week in pro wrestling. Let's hit it. (laughs) Uh Guys, the thing that popped me the most, I think the biggest story this week, uh, Seth Rollins is officially a heel and he's got the damn AOP guys on his left and right. And you know what? It was friggin' awesome. Was it perfect? No. A lot of stops start to get here. But when he emerges from that van, when two guys in a suit just beat down Kevin Owens, and when Seth Rollins delivers a stomp on the pavement in the back, And he's dressed in all black. They could have ended the show right there. And it's a victory this week. Yeah, But then he came out after commercial and sort of cut the promo. That maybe should have been cut six weeks ago, but he cut the damn promo. We're back where we need to be. I would have loved a little bit more of a seamless transition from the Bray loss to this point right there. I get, though, they did want to establish the whole KO insertion into the storyline and get to here. But the good news is, Seth is back to where he needs to be. We have an opportunity for 2015, Seth. And it's not awesome comedy team J&J security by his side, which, by the way, was awesome, and Corporate Kane and Triple H. It's badass AOP, dressing like their Samoa Joe making their raw debut as Triple H's henchman, popping
2: huge. It was, uh, like you said, imperfect, but still hit a home run. Never, It's, it's an inside-the-park home run. It's one of those where the, the right points were nailed, the end result is exactly where you wanted to go, but you would have liked to see a little more loft on the ball. You, you know, You want to you wanna get that crowd going, and I think that is what was missed, is I understand the booking. I get why they did it backstage with the car. That's all pretty cool. But when you turn someone heel, what you really want to do is do it in front of a crowd because you want that crowd to vociferously boo the hell out of Seth Rollins. And because it was backstage and they were all watching it on a monitor, it was just like, oh, boo, yeah. You're watching it on TV at home. I don't sit at home and boo my TV, you know, when something bad happens. If I'm in a crowd, everyone gets you going. So that was really the biggest mistake. Could they have, I understand they were doing it with the car gimmick. Could they have figured something else out that was better that accomplished the same thing? Probably. Yeah. They, Seth could have been in the crowd and, you know, something like that. I don't know. Um, I
1: mean, it was but, convoluted during the show that they telegraphed it. I think that was a big problem, too. Was, but look, in the end, Jack, when you see all black Seth Rollins like this is we're back in business we 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 still have potential, even though they probably won't for me to get my Seth Roman WrestleMania main event match, which would please my wrestling soul and establish our own rock and Austin of this era. I know, obviously, that comparison doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but you get where I'm going. You get where I'm ambitiously going.
0: I. I loved pretty much all of this, and I, even the backstage show. Now, Adam, you got a good point. It resonates better in a crowd. It does. But I liked how at the beginning of the show they kept playing. It was unexpected at that point. The go-home show for TLC, I don't think many expected that in the middle of the show they were going to do the reveal after Seth had already pulled the shtick again of, Kevin, it's not me, blah, 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 and then they do it an hour later. It was unexpected, which I liked. I also was a huge fan. And I saw some people didn't like, it. I was a huge fan of immediately sending him out to the people to explain himself, not letting it linger. I just immediately sending him out there. I also loved the promo simply because we say it time and time again, the best heel promos are ones to tell the truth. Did Seth Rollins tell one lie in that promo no. right. where even, especially when he told the people when he was going off on them saying, what changed you were cheering me. And then all of a sudden you woke up one day, you wanted to boo me. Well, that's the what thing. Changed?
2: It, it was a catharsis for him. It, it was Seth Rollins, the uh, Colt. What's it? Colby Lopez. It was Colby Lopez cutting his promo on the fans and the WWE universe that seemingly for no good reason other than to boo Vince's booking turned their back on him, maybe because they did not like what he said about Will Ospreay, uh, start booing him, the man, while simultaneously in storyline, the Seth Rollins character is getting, you know, completely... Screwed over, basically, not only by The Fiend, that situation, getting his title taken after he legitimately is the guy who beat Brock Lesnar twice, but simultaneously is not being trusted by Kevin Owens when he actually had nothing to do with it. So you're right. The best storylines in WWE blend the realism and the storyline, and this is the perfect opportunity for Rollins to go out there without a script. Maybe there were bullet points. Maybe there weren't. But to, to deliver that cathartic promo where you almost saw him as the real human being getting it out of his system, something that he's been holding in for quite a while. So you nailed it. That is that is why, again, Seth isn't the best promo, but it's one of the best promos we've seen on you know prime WWE television this year because it was real. And my favorite twist of the promo was probably the part
0: where he admitted, I wasn't with these guys the whole time. It hasn't been me the whole time, but you know what? You people pushed me so far over the edge that I had to make this a reality.
1: I had to be... Who you, who you said I was when I was. Yeah. yeah I, I love it. I love it. Can I get more of this too as well? There's only a few things in life that are certain. Death, taxes, and Seth Rollins beats Roman Reigns every single time. Yeah. How about he beats him at Mania? You want me to pop for, for Seth Rollins? Make him a heel and have him beat Roman at Mania. Come on. Do that thing. Do the damn business. Oh man. I love 2015 Seth Rollins. He may be back. Obviously pushing up KO to be this guy, this Steve Austin 2.0, this new version of him. I mean, look, these guys, if, if they, if this can continue to get hamanized, this could be, you know, this could be great business. This could be really good. Ah, you know, I'm once, I'm once bitten twice shy on the Vince stench on everything. So I think I am jaded. I think it's over. I had a good run. I had a good run back serious about pro wrestling again, back under the, 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 the banner of WWE. But I think, I think it's too gone. I think I'm too far gone. I've, I've tasted the highest level stake. i've drank in the new england ipa i've gone too far to go far back that it's not just a letdown when they screw me it's a it's a personal attack it's a vendetta but this seth ko thing could be something that even i loved it really could be
2: what do you guys think about the way kevin owens has been portrayed here because ever since he's come back as the face that wwe wanted him to be in the run to wrestlemania bringing the stunner back it feels to me like he has lost a significant part of his edge because WWE struggles, as we know, to book babyfaces. And while Owens is naturally over, the Stunner still feels a little clunky to me. I still I love the pop up power bomb. I don't know why that had to be switched. The Stunner feels clunky. Him as an over the tops in some ways babyface. Uh, I want to fight everyone. You know, I'm just here. Come get me, anyone. Hope, but come one at a time, please. You know that that would be better. Don't just come. And, it, it felt to me like a little smormy, a little... It just feels like he's lo- completely okay, lost his edge.
1: You. You, you nailed it. You, that. you nailed it that he lost his edge, and he lost a piece of his soul to become this character. And here's where my problem is, what I think. Vince got to a point where he loved Kevin Owens and was willing to call him up and have him beat John Cena on day one and all that. But Kevin Owens is never going to be a Vince guy. And my, this is me talking. This is me guessing, all right? So in Vince's eyes... Kevin Owens is so good, though. Why would Vince ever agree to do a segment where Kevin Owens headbutts him and busts Vince open, right? Vince knows that Kevin Owens is really talented, but Vince also looks at Kevin Owens, I think, as basketball shorts-wearing indie guy from ROH, and I can't have him be that to me. I know a trope, a style that's already worked. Steve Austin! So if you're Vince, you're saying, I got this guy Kevin Owen, the fans love him, man, he can really work. I'm over the fact that he's a fat meatball. I think he could be great. But I gotta take him and shove him into this like poor man's 2.0 Steve Austin mode, and you're right. To get there, Adam, he's lost a bit of his character soul, but I think more more importantly, he's lost his his organic, real feel. He feels like he's trying to be a Kevin Owens version of Steve Austin to me. And so his beat down on Mojo twice was just sort of like, to me, that's so Vince to me. That's like, so where's the connection here. I want him to be pissed off at people that he should be pissed off at rather than just be pissed off at everybody in such a generic cut and paste way.
2: Like Steve Austin was rated R right. Our hopes for Dean Ambrose when WWE had him would be that he would be PG 13 Steve Austin. He would, be similar in that he would be an anarchist. He would, you know, go against the authority and so on and so forth. But we know he can't do middle fingers and you know swig beer and do things like that. Kevin Owens is a PG Steve Austin, and Steve Austin, that character is not meant to be PG.
0: No, you can't even come close to watering it down to that point. And that's that's the problem. You're right. Like we cannot have a PG a PG version of Steve Austin. It's not going to work. It'll be entertaining at points. It, you know, it, it'll it hit most, it'll hit most weeks depending. And, but the misses are going to be there too, but you don't want that. You don't, you don't want that many misses. Just let Kevin be Kevin. Be, and let
2: that's the other thing too, be because everybody. Steve Austin was over with everyone. He was over with kids. He was over with, you know, male adults and so on and so forth. Owens is getting over with the kids and the families and things like that, where he has as an adult male, a natural storyline as a heel that works just as well as a face. I'm a prize fighter. I'm in this for the money. I'm in this to support my family, and no one's gonna get in my way. That's DTA. That's that's Steve. That is a very similar type of character. So why not just give us that guy, but not you know giving middle fingers and drinking well, beer? Because, I don't because see what the we problem can't.
1: Is. Because in 2019 in WWE, we can't let people figure out who they're naturally supposed to be, right? Steve Austin only became that through frustration of getting fired from WCW and being in ECW cutting promos and then coming into WWE and fighting through this awful ringmaster gimmick with a cape and Ted DiBiase. He became that because they needed somebody and he hit the right promo at the right time and everything converged, right? And that's how so many wrestlers became who they are supposed to be through trial and error and figuring it out. And WWE's uh, performance center system it's let, let you know, let, and, and then in Vince's warped mind, it's like, let's give you a character that makes sense to 73 year old me, but not you. And I quickly bring in this DM slide because it explains it all. From at Daniel Greer, from Daniel Greer, and we've had this debate before, but right now is the perfect time to nail it. He says, sorry, one more thing. Why is everybody so angry about Shorty G? Yeah, it sucks balls for sure, but so did the New Day when they debuted. Everyone mm-hmm. evolves, but not everyone gets a chance. Let's sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Daniel, that's a very sk intake take of, well, it's not what we want, but at least he's getting opportunity. No. I'm going to stop here and say no. That 73-year-old Vince going, oh, you know what this guy will be great as? Let's make him a cornball underdog in basketball shorts and in this ultimate underdog when he already had the character in NXT of exactly who he actually is, Olympic wrestler, badass small guy. Poor man's Kurt Angle. Yet with babyface charisma and a great worker. And now you put him in this mindless shorty G thing that all it does is emphasize that he's short. I don't care how good his matches are. I don't care if he gets a win here and there. It's stomping on the long-term potential of who this guy actually could be only because one man at top has no vision for who he actually is. I think that's right in line with the problems across the board in WWE.
2: I'm just going to say, his character in NXT, it, it was far less corny, but it was also a guy who couldn't get over as a singles dude and had to find Jason Jordan and, and beg him and convince him to be his tag team partner, and then they took over NXT tag team division. So it wasn't that like great of a character in terms of this is a badass guy who's a badass Olympian, just like Kurt Angle. It was a guy who really struggled to find his place until he was able to form a tag team. So I, I don't think that was necessarily... Great. Although that tag team, obviously, if we could have American Alpha today, I would trade almost anyone for them. Right. Um, But going back to like, yeah, Kevin Owens wears basketball shorts. The Street Profits wear basketball shorts. I don't think there is that much outside of really the name that is so objectionable with shorty G win, what? they are putting him in matches with Ali and he's hitting double German suplexes and he's show, showcasing far more of his wrestling talent than he has in two or three years and he's winning matches and maybe they're making them a tag team and going to have them go on a run against the revival. So I, I'm again, I'm just saying with shorty G in particular, it is a good example of what we're talking about with Kevin Owens. I'm not, I'm not saying you're the wrong.
1: Emphasis of, in I in believe- Vince's world, we have to shit on everybody. Everybody's got to be the butt of a joke. Everybody's got to be pushed in the pool. Nobody can just be taken like Paul Levesque does in NXT, which is he's basically Paul Levesque in NXT is doing a great man's version of what Paul Heyman did in ECW. Take a guy, find his best skill, build around that best attribute and skill, and let him become, like I'm saying, who he might end up supposed to be. Where Vince's world is everybody's a toy in my game. So I've got to water them down, whether that's through 50, 50 booking crappy promos. um, Dean Ambrose getting shots in the ass. You get what I'm saying here. How can you look at shorty G and not look at that as an insult?
2: You're not wrong. It's just what I said back originally, which is people have overcome worse booking. I'm just glad he's on TV. And, and I'm not saying that's a positive and that we should be cheering from the mountaintops and praising Vince McMahon for finally using Chad Gable. I'm just simply saying, Hey, This guy that we've wanted on TV, these guys we have wanted on TV, Andrade, Aleister Black, Buddy Murphy, they're on TV. They're in storylines. They're getting pushes. We can't always get 100% of what we want. Let's see. Let's hold out a little hope here. And I think think there's really good reason to have that on Raw. All
1: right. Silver King, what do you got? You got any other big stories or can we rock T-L-friggin-C?
2: Two quick things. uh, NWO and Batista in the Hall of Fame. Batista, I think, is a no-brainer. We don't even really – Need to discuss NWO. They're only putting in Hogan, Nash, Hall, and, uh, Pac, or, uh, six pack X-Pac, one, two, three kid, whatever you want to call them. Um, are they li- missing out on the opportunity yeah. to put Bischoff in fail to put Rick rude in any of these other guys that were part of it for a short period of time or a long period? Of
1: time? Um, the, I'll, I'll give WWE credit in one case. They tend to only want to put in the true difference makers in a faction, right? So like, Dudley boys get in. they are not going to put sign guy Dudley in. You know what I'm saying? Like, like what? Well, so right. they. So right. no, even Rick Root shouldn't be there, even though he was in the beginning. But to not have Eric Bischoff to me is a is a massive miss. Even though on, in storyline he didn't find them he became a massive part of them on screen once he turned on WCW and became their voice and the hip cool factor really went to a new level in my eyes. I mean, I'm such a massive Bischoff mark from that run. And then to know that Bischoff was the creative genius behind that, adapting it from things he'd seen in, in Japan. I mean, come on, he's not on bad terms, even though he got let go from that job. Like at least I, you know, from what we hear and see, he's not on horrible terms, That's an insult to me. He's a massive part of that. You know, you gotta have Hogan. You gotta have Hall and Nash. I mean, do you even need? Do you even need X Pac? Like, X Pac's already in with uh, with with uh, with DX. It's like I'd almost rather have, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess if you're gonna take any other potential part time, not part timer, but guy on that second tier, maybe X Pac is the most representative. But I mean, you're not going to put in Big Show or anybody like that. But I, to not get Bischoff into me, it's a massive fail.
2: Jack, Jack, do you think um, it's fair that it's wrestler focused in that regard? And maybe they're saving Bischoff, or do you kind of agree with BC there? A, a little bit of both. I agree
0: with BC. Like leaving out, I, I just think in the grand scheme of things, like leaving out Eric Bischoff as part of the NWO is kind of egregious. But if they are going to induct him individually. It it'd make it a little bit better to to like prove that hey we're not just ignoring Uncle Eric over here. Um, but I also I I don't I I think it's almost like they're rewarding X Pac for being an original member of that group. One well not not original but you know one of the first tier members in its existence but then pulling that move where he jumped back over to the WWF and cut that shoot promo on rod that when he showed up the night after WrestleMania 14 <laughs> on, on those, on the, he cut the shoot promo on the group. He's being inducted into the hall of fame with, so it's like, in some weird way. They're rewarding him for well, that. He, well, he cut it
2: on Bischoff really more than anyone.
0: No, Bischoff Hogan. He went in on Hogan. I remember. Yeah. He went on. Hogan. Uh, so it's like, he's getting rewarded for that by these guys.
2: Yeah. And then
1: in Bischoff like you said separately i'll I guess I could understand that, but I don't know, man, I don't even feel like they need to go in like right now. I know dX just went in, so maybe it's sort of this this run in a row, but I don't think Hogan's brand has been rehabbed enough where I would be excited and cheering for him as Hollywood Hogan to come back on the podium and accept this i I just feel like it's a miss uh, I'm really not you know overly excited when in reality. The NWO is my favorite thing in pro wrestling history. I mean it really well, is, outside of the mega Powers. So it, it's 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 kind of hitting me hard. By the way, I'm more excited for Batista, for me never having been a Batista mark or a guy, yet appreciative of what he's done. For them finally saying, Look, like this guy's done so many great things on his own. We gave him a spot at WrestleMania last year. Probably probably getting up in that on uh on Dan Brooke right now. So um Well done. You're in. We recognize you're a giant star. Here you go. We accept you and we appreciate you. That felt good for me.
2: Everyone in Evolution is in individually. And then obviously Triple H and uh, Rick are in multi-time. Except Randy Orton. Except Randy Orton, who just like re-signed for five years. How many (laughs) two-time Hall of Famers do we have now? Honestly.
0: See, that's another it. I'm not going to say it's a problem that keeps me up at night, but. Now now we're really like come on. Like it was, great when it was, like, it was cool when you called Rick Flair a two time. Yes. Now
1: it's what? Booker? But now like
2: I can't count them on my fingers. Yeah. Any- like, come on. Razor Ramon and Scott Hall, and Kevin, you know, Diesel and uh did- Xbox. That- we just- I, don't think- I don't think Nash is in there individually. He is. Yeah,
1: he is. Him yeah, and uh, Hall went back to back years. Yeah. All um, right.
2: um one other thing before we get to TLC, really quick. Uh, WWE, actually decent news here, released Luke Harper, Sin Cara... And the Ascension, we don't care about the Ascension. Sincar is probably going to Mexico. BC, WWE, released. Luke Harper, you have a choice. AEW or NJPW, you can only pick one. Where's he going?
1: Where I want him to go or where he should go?
2: Where he should go.
1: I think he should go to AEW because I think that he's uh, so untapped, and we all know at his long-term potential that he could be, he could be, he could do some really fun things there creatively. And, and I'm in a weird spot with NJPW where it's like, I know they're going to nail it. Wrestle Kingdom. I know I'll tune back in for old, for Dominion. I know I'll be back for G1. But outside of that, I just, it's like, I'm not, uh, they're just in another world. They're not even, cause there's too much wrestling. There's too much damn wrestling, but I'm more happy overall that Mike Canellis got a, like O2, oh right?
2: No, he did not.
1: Oh, he did not. All right. Well, I, you know, I'm happy to see this. Their roster's way too big. And it seems like they only keep on certain people to keep them away from, from competitors. They've done nothing with Luke Harper. All good. Thank you. Good to see this.
2: Yeah, for me, Jack, uh, it was simply I never wanted Luke Harper to not be in WWE until they completely wasted the best run of his career uh, by not giving him the title. They had an opportunity. He was yeah. He was as over as anyone in the entire company that year in that feud with Orton and Wyatt. They didn't give him the title, they left him out of the WrestleMania match, and then the Mania match bombed. And then they followed it up with the bomb of the what, what was that called? Uh, the I don't even remember the match, the also, prayer shack. Horror, Sister or, I don't know if he should have had the title though, that's
1: ambitious. He was great in that right. run.
2: The fans were going insane for Luke Harper.
1: So you he mean was transitionally the before the WrestleMania match because I couldn't imagine. We we wouldn't go into, under any circumstance, go into Mania with Luke Harper as champion. We wouldn't, under any circumstance, have Luke Harper win the championship at at Mania. So it would have to be something that's done for, like, two weeks. I think they had a
2: threat match for the title on, like, SmackDown or something, and, like, he could have won it, and then they eventually could have gone in with it. Let's
1: make titles matter again. I I actually, pop. I'm, I'm popping more for Luke Harper that it didn't happen. Because I don't think he deserved it there, but he didn't deserve for his career to fall apart after that. No, just, yeah. Run, yeah. All not, it, not it, it
0: all exploded. BC, we do have one more bit of news here, literally just now. Ooh, WWE sending me. out the release that Eddie Colón, Primo, and Robert Roode are suspended thirty days each for first time violations of the WWE wellness policy. So Baron Corbin's down a crony. We're we're in trouble. Oh, yeah, for oh. now, uh, Robert Roode. I mean, you know, but Primo, how do you suspend Primo? Like what? What? Like what's he doing walking around catering all roided up? Yeah, and shit? It
1: like, t- knowing how you hear the rumors, it must be that both of them are doing a lot of something. So
0: that's it, it, well. For they have. what was the last wellness policy violation that they?
2: Reigns. Yeah, probably Roman. Right. Two years. So we're going. That was 2016. That was a really big deal.
0: Yeah, Robert oh, Rose. Each, each 30 days <laughs> for the first. Yeah, each 30 days for the first. I mean, a brood only notable because he's still an active performer on SmackDown. So.
1: All right. So as we transition this to TLC, tell me, tell me the truth here. We're not getting a Reigns Owens thing at TLC, right?
2: Not current. Reigns Rollins Owens not currently. Sorry, Rollins
1: Owens. Yes, and um, we are not getting. And what's the other dominant Raw storyline that I love that also doesn't?
2: AJ AJ Styles, Ray Mysterio. Yeah. What
1: What is going on there? Because look, AJ and Ray were great, but like. Could I get an AJ Ray uh, title match at a pay-per-view with no stipulations, just a singles match, and give them the chance to, like, 4.75 stars me right in the damn field hole? Please, can we get that? Um, I don't I don't get this. What's happening here?
2: That match was really good on Monday night. Obviously, there was the botch at the end. It would have been spectacular. Um, and they, they fixed it. I thought he did a good job with the power bomb and then the Styles Clash. But uh, I think they're working towards a triple threat with Randy Orton. So I'm guessing they're just saving that for the next pay-per-view for Royal Rumble.
1: Well, TLC is hitting us for the December pay-per-view this Sunday from the Target Center in Minneapolis. And um, all right, here's the deal, guys. It feels forced. Not forced. I mean, look, we just had Survivor Series. But it just feels like, oh, it's pay-per-view time again. Yeah, I look at the six-match card as it stands now, and we're going to have to assume they're going to add more. And I, I like it, though. I like the setup now. Even with that DM re- that we read off the start, uh, maybe it's not fully representative of what a TLC card could be. Maybe we don't even need a TLC card anymore. On paper, I'm optimistic. But would I love if they kept this NXT style to just these six matches and fleshed them out and let them be really good, that would be a hell of a win. How many more are we getting before uh, before Sunday kicks off?
2: I think we definitely get one, um, which would be the SmackDown women's title, Bayley against Lacey Evans, because they're clearly working towards that. But I agree with you. I think six, seven, eight, if you want to add a pre-show match cards, are completely fine. And when you really think about this pay-per-view, the WWE title is not being defended. The Universal title, the Intercontinental title, the U.S. title, and the Raw Women's title. Basically, five of their six top titles are not on the line on this show. And yet, again, to their credit, WWE has built some storylines here that actually have me interested in the matches they are putting on the show. I, I find that really tough to blame them.
1: Yeah. Let's set right. up, let's set up that Lacey thing real quick. Jack, um, Jack, I'm a monster Lacey Evans fan. I you think you should be in a major title feud right now. Are you okay with this face turn just in time for tribute for the troops, which look, WWE does a yeah. lot of nice things, but when they do nice things, they do them to the point of you not liking or caring anymore about the subject of their nice thing. And while it felt great to see her and Sasha in the ring, mouthing off, throwing punches and stuff, I just feel like, man, we didn't find out how great Hugh Lacey Evans could be. And it's not like she's not going to go back. She may go back the second fl- uh, the troops things in the rearview mirror. But are you OK with where we're going here?
0: I it sort of have to be because it, I don't know if you want to say if saying that WWE backed themselves into a corner with Lacey is a good way to put it, but she does the match in Saudi and it, you know, all of that, everything surrounding that, all the elements of it make her a babyface. Uh, they do an awesome, well, they're all awesome, those 24 documentaries with following around or chronicle following around Natty and Lacey and Lacey comes off as a very, very likable woman which she is in real life so you kind of and then on raw and smackdown after the match in Saudi they're pumping up you know it, it just it gave Lacey the feel of a baby face so it was almost like they said well we can't really portray her like that on TV for now so let's so let's just as a heel so let's just try the baby face thing right now like okay. we, we kind of have to we've portrayed this woman is so likable that again we in 2019 you like the elements of reality mixed in with your wrestling It's almost necessary at this point.
2: There's also a dearth of baby faces on SmackDown that it seems like they're willing to push for some reason. So I don't mind her in that role. My bigger issue completely is with uh, Sasha Banks, that she came back. It was hot fire. And now she's Bailey's lackey again. And it still remains weird to me that she keeps being Bailey's lackey, that her music hits and then Bailey's hits. This is how it was before. Uh, even in their tag team, where Sasha is the star, I just don't get. I understand they're both heels. I'm glad they turned Bailey heel, but they need to like turn Sasha mega heel to even turn on her heel friend. I, I don't get what they're doing, and I really hate it because you want to talk about being underutilized. Sasha Banks again. We're back to this point after a couple months after us praising her feud with Becky. Sasha Banks, I think, is the most underutilized person on both rosters.
1: And even when we. Get a Sasha's back and a Sasha push. I mean, we, we may never get it. We may never get it. And what it is is as them putting the kind of effort they put into Becky right now becoming a crossover star, even though they don't realize how much they're actually kind of crippling Becky by like not really putting a whole ton into her booking. It, it, it's more like, well, she's the man. She's a star. She's on ESPN. She's doing this. She's doing that. But yet it's again it's like sort of the organic nature of the rivalries and the storytelling that makes things memorable and that gets people to that level of celebrity and stardom um they they may never press play on on Sasha like that and it's it's like were you not Matt- there in 2016 WWE were you this was your own company right did you miss the 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 Charlotte feud in the second half of that year that changed all of our lives that changed women's it- wrestling were we not here for that
2: it's truly maddening um I mean, they could have just put the title on her at the end of the Becky feud. I guess they wanted to keep Becky strong. And, and that said, and we can kind of go into TLC here if you want, BC. I just think, uh, Adam,
1: this may be my last show ever, talking about wrestling. They're incapable of giving me what I want. Forget what I need, but what I want. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. Sorry, that was uh, that was uh, Dave talking to Dana offline. Got, got that. He got it. He got it, by the way. That storyline in WWE right now, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but it's not even but a story. That, what, did you see that? It's the that, bat- that Drake. Elias Dana segment. What the hell are we doing yeah. on Oh my God. All right. Um, they, they, it's impossible. Know. I'm done. Guys, I'm done. Uh, my time oh. as a WWE fan will end as soon as this podcast is over. We had a good run. Wednesday nights though are
2: for the yeah. people. Yes. Yeah, BC, BC yes. will be back next week talking WWE I, word, and
1: AEW. My word uh, is bond guys. This is the last state of combat wrestling podcast that will include the <laughs> Brian Campbell. Catch me. Uh, Catch me outside. How about a, on boxing and MMA? <laughs> all right. But anyway, uh, for my. Wait, for- let,
2: let, let me transition this, this uh, bank thing into the women's tag team title match, because I want to disagree with you. I like the booking with Becky. I like the booking with Charlotte. I love the booking with the Kabuki Warriors. The only way they can really ruin it for me is to change the titles. But I think they have taken the Kabuki Warriors who we kept saying they're doing nothing with Oscar. They're doing nothing with Kyrie same two of the four or five best women on the roster, and the tag team titles have mattered more now than they ever have before. Kyrie Sane has mattered more than she ever has before. Asuka, not the same thing, but she's back to a prominent role of dastardly woman. She has the green Muda mist. Everything's great. Great Muda green mist. And everything's going great. And you have Becky and Charlotte, who, yes, we hate where they come together and then go back apart again, but they are showing us the reluctance for them to do it and that segment right before that Street Profits thing where they're sitting next to each yes. other and they're like, shit, I guess we're doing this. Let's do it. Let's go after it. And then Becky's like, you know what? If we're going to do it, let's go for the titles. I think this is top notch booking for these four.
1: I've enjoyed it a lot. And my comment on Becky before was more to the idea of you had a window for female Stone Cold. You then watered her down ahead of Mania. We've been through that road before. And you somehow found a way to have her Mania victory in a main event to win two belts over Ronda and Charlotte. Feel like, oh, that happened. And since then, even though they've gone the Seth and Becky are a couple route, which gave them some prominence. Becky's never been red hot again. She's been hot. Never been red hot. Yes, I care about this. I care about this a lot. And the Kabukis continue every week to just win. They just win me over. Their, their interplay together, their wrestling ability. Um, Kyrie going through that table jack with that low camera angle. Injected. That him, was awesome. Injected. It. It's great. I, I actually care where the storyline's going, too. I, I love it. I love it.
0: My favorite thing about the Kabuki Warriors is that they have sort of shattered a stereotype that WWE created for themselves, is that they constantly do makeshift tag teams on the fly. When Kyrie and Oscar were put together, the general response was kind of negative it's like well Kyrie Sane doesn't need this she's too talented why are you doing this to oscar blah 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 and 90 percent of the time probably when wwe does these makeshift tag teams it's either pointless or you just don't want to see it what they've done with the kabuki warriors if they've set them up especially with the heel turn where they became a great tag team that you see as a tag team when they split up when that time comes they are both going to break off and be huge single stars mm-hmm. because of the legitimacy they've picked up with angles like this and such. And when they did the brand split again, you know, they made sure to say Ra gets the Kabuki Warriors. And should they lose those tag titles, they are exclusive single stars for Ra. So that day is going to come. But when it comes, it's not this whole journey is not going to feel pointless we had a great run with them as a tag team. They legitimized the belts a little bit when we thought they were going to be thrown in the trash because Vince never wanted them in the first place. And they're going to come out the, the, the other end of this as two top women stars on Rob when all is said and done.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're setting up the perfect Asuka heel turn that we want, the dastardly, you know, business suit, you know, whatever Asuka, when she eventually turns on Kyrie Sane, it's gonna be great. But by treating them, we can't look back on the original creation, as you said, Jack. And dismiss what it was, which was it took two Japanese women who they didn't know what to do with because they weren't pushing Asuka. They gave them a, a woman in page who could speak English and be their mouthpiece. And they're just like, all right, that's going to be your tag team. And it was a makeshift tag team. Even though we know that Kyrie Sane and Asuka together is a great tag team. Well, once Paul Heyman got his hands on them, he completely flipped the script and they are two of the hottest women in the company, along with the four horsewomen, basically. Their, their so, act is just great.
0: So great. Like I said, like, BC, I said this last week on the show, like, Asuka, like the e- like the evil mother, like the, the brainchild of the criminal operation, and Kyrie's just that little <laughs> loudmouth kid. She's always with that laugh. I love that laugh of hers, when she's doing. I saw yeah. I saw a clip from a house show the other night. She was stabbing Becky with an umbrella and laughing the entire time. Well, that's right. I don't think they need... They're already heels.
1: They don't need <laughs> a heel turn. I don't even think they need to break up anymore, which I can't believe I'm saying that because I think Asuka's the greatest female pro wrestler of all time and need her back in a serious push. But this has been great. Um, in terms of the titles, what's the story going to be though? Are we going to end up with Becky and Charlotte as tag titles to tell a larger story? Or is this just going to be, I don't Uh, know. I don't know. Guys book the territory. I don't know where this is going and I'm not mad at that. I'm actually plugged in on that.
2: I just think it's, I think it's really easy booking. I think Oscar taps out Becky. Um, Charlotte's unable to help her and we get Asuka Becky at the Royal Rumble for the title in the against the one woman she can't beat. All
0: right, I won't be Two on the feelings. Pod that preview. Yeah, that Royal I don't Rumble, think but they should. Fighting. I don't think they should, but WWE has jaded they've jaded me enough that it wouldn't shock it wouldn't leave me here shocked to see Becky and Charlotte walking out with those titles on Sunday and going, "Well, here we are."
2: Well, they could do a quick change, too. I mean, they've done it where they lose them, and then they get a rematch Monday, exactly. and they flip it back. They, don't, they never out.
1: give us what you what we want. You are right. All right, I'm down again. Um, look, all right. Uh, all right, here's the deal on this uh, Rusev-Bobby Lashley tables match. I have a feeling that because I couldn't care less, it's going to be physical-ish, as and Rusev's going to win, and the crowd's going to pop, and it's going to be like, we did it! Great piece of business! We put everything back on the tracks! Um... Okay, go ahead. But this week on Raw was, was one of the most painful segments I've ever seen.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't mind yeah. it. I I, sh- I really didn't. I think Rusev being able to be himself on the mic is a positive.
1: He was and wearing that's... a Duck
2: shirt. He was. was what
1: did you wearing... say he was? He was wearing a Donald Duck t-shirt.
2: Okay. I mean, that's the dude. Uh, he... I think you're seeing him not being the Bulgarian brute anymore and – They're giving him an opportunity to be the Rusev, the funny Rusev, the guy that I guess I don't watch the Total Divas. I do watch the Total Bellas, but uh, that was on that show with Lana that people really started liking. The guy that got over with Rusev Day, he was able to have fun. The crowd's loving him. Uh, I thought the segment last week where they got arrested was far better, far better. I thought that was really, really good. But this, I, I think Lana got over as insufferable. They set up the table match. Rusev's over with the crowd. I think the table match at the show gives an easy out to the loser, as all table matches do. I just think it's fine. I don't think it's great, but I don't think it's bad.
0: Hated the segment. It was cringe. Hated, it hated it. Cr- but I just focused on Rusev. I, really I, 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 was much more entertained when I just focused on the man in the duck shirt. Which BC, how could you hate on that?
1: Um, dude, it was everything about that segment hurt. It actually hurt to watch. Well, se- it was insulting. <clears throat> it was a cringe. It was gross. And again. Um, uh, it's it's just not for me, so I, I, I'm i not going to be on the show every week telling you guys why it sucks. It's not for me anymore, and that's great, Adam. If you can, if it can be good enough for you,
2: eat the meat. It's not you say good enough like it's an insult. I'm not saying that it was good. I'm saying that there are reasons why it worked. Right. So and for you, it was good. And enough. it set up a match, and it set up a match that they've been long term building towards for you know two three months now. So. I'm happy that the match is going to happen, and I'm happy simultaneously that the storyline is going to end, hopefully. Adam, people so it's a like win different for me.
1: shows, man. People like different movies. There's some movies that are insanely successful that, to me, I'm just like, I'm bored. Get it away from me. It doesn't mean that people are better than each other, but this entertainment well, no, it's sucks a, It's the a high
2: thing where if AEW is not your favorite, then, you know, you're lesser.
1: Well, if you've if you've tasted if if you've tasted the scene, right? Seen, right? Uh,
2: can we talk? Can we talk about the match? Uh, do you want to? Yeah, you don't want to talk about this anymore, right? Uh, can we talk about the match that I think is a genius booking, which is Bray Wyatt against the Miz? You don't have to love the Miz, and I don't think he's a great wrestler by any means. But I've been pining for WWE to go beyond just the fiend in the ring and give Bray Wyatt some more depth as an actual in ring performer. And going with the Mister Rogers version of the character. I also think it gives him an out-to-lose matches because he's not as dominant as The Fiend. Is. He's not as unbeatable. Um, it's a non-title match, I think, for a reason. I don't know that The Miz is going to win, but I think it's plausible in the story that he does and then eventually loses to The Fiend. But I am thrilled that they're doing this, and I'm very excited to see what kind of presentation they give us with the regular version of Bray Wyatt.
1: I think that if this ends up going where we kind of feel like it does, which is everybody that loses to Bray gets turned heel because he's seeing their heart and their weaknesses as people and exposing the the true blackness inside of them. Seth's now heel. Daniel Bryan needs to be a
2: heel. Please face. It's not it's it's they change. It's not it's not so much they turn heel, it's they change.
1: Um Miz should be a heel, obviously. He went face right. for a while. He needs to be a heel. And if this gets him there, that's great. Because the moment they talked about his family and they were genius with the picture of of, uh, of Bray with his family, it's great. It was great TV. You, of course, you see Fearful Miz saying, I got nothing to do with you, man. I'm talking about Daniel Bryan. But no, oh, it's my family now. It felt real. He ran in there. Everything about that execution was perfect. I didn't even know it was a non-title match. That kind of does give you the opportunity to do another of that Hell in a Cell style, which is... Bray's just gonna get, allow himself to get his ass kicked to turn someone else, to change more people. Again, if this is part of a larger storyline, maybe not the brilliant two to three year plan that I hatched out, okay? Shout out to the, uh, scene in, in, in Los Angeles for producing that for me. Um, shout out to great booking that they refused to do. But there's still something larger going on here. And I'm hoping this is part of that larger story that Bray's just not here to be a serial killer who just, who, who keeps winning matches. He's here to, to, to paint his evil all over everybody and change the world and the game. This is just another step in that direction. This is creativity. They're doing something. Is this part of Smackdown? This is the only part of Smackdown that matters.
2: As I said, there was 20 minutes on Smackdown that were good. The rest were kind of crap. Jack, what do you think?
0: I like, I love this simply because, like I said, it's a new dynamic to a character that I've, look, I'm not off the train yet, but I have seen some people get annoyed by The Fiend. The matches aren't good, I'm bored, blah, blah, blah. But I think we're missing the important part here, is that Bray Wyatt wrestling means we don't have to get that red light on our HDTVs on Sunday. Hopefully. You think, yeah. Oh, God, please. Please, (laughs) please, please. please. Because then I will, I will... I will beg for Bray Wyatt to wrestle the no, but, uh, no, this is a really, really cool dynamic to keep him even more fresh, because if you do keep throwing the fiend out there in these, uh, glorified squash matches, so to speak, which is what they are, no matter how long they go, the general theme is that they're squash matches. And if you, I'm interested to see how, how different the approach is in the ring on Sunday with
2: just Bray.
1: Yeah, I'm interested as well.
2: Uh, we don't need to further talk about uh, Reigns. Corbin, I assume. Uh, who wins? Is it just a simple Reigns wins? Yeah. dude, that it? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, I, yeah.
0: I, I don't care.
2: Yeah.
1: Give me four hot minutes and get out of here, please. Give me four all uh, four hot minutes. hot minutes get out of here, all right?
2: One, uh, other, one other match I hate to say uh, that about. It's like, don't go
1: away, mad. Just Just go away, right?
2: One other match I kind of hate to say that about is the SmackDown tag titles. It's New Day defending against The Revival again
1: yeah can i give you that just, hopeful take uh, that I'm tired, of, I'm tired of it can i give you that hopeful take that they <laughs> that they take the brakes off and let them do an nxt style match please no it's not gonna happen i don't think wwe's for us anymore guys actually wednesday nights all right that's all you gotta say wednesday
2: nights. i love it's like it's like we talk about something good oh yeah i'm really excited about this wait was that, was that on smackdown oh no and then we talk about hey uh SmackDown tag team title match. No, this is not for me anymore. I can't do
1: you're, this. Anymore. You're witnessing it, the end of an era here, Adam. It was a great. witnessing a gray the
2: gray vacation white. of uh, Brian Campbell going between the Mr. Rogers, who understands that there's some good stuff going on, and the fiend who just wants to hate on everything. Uh, here's something that we can universally, universally love. Alistair Black against Buddy freaking Murphy. They've been building to it on television. They're not giving it to us. The mid-card main event of a Raw, the main event of a Raw, they're putting it on pay-per-view. I think there is as high of a ceiling as we can get to end the year with a high-quality match between these two BC. From the
1: moment we saw him, we thought, sex. How,
2: st- how stoked are you for this match?
1: Uh, you heard Sasha right there, the dog, not, not the Banks, not the boss. Um, Fired up, really fired up that yeah. this could be this card's, uh, you know, Quasi, wow, if they give him four more minutes, that could have been a five star match. I hope they give him the time. I hope it's physical as ish. These two together could be magic. And there's actually a story that, that works. And yeah, this has been, this has been pretty damn great. I love it. I can't wait. This is the one I circled around. You know, like the Kubuki match, I think is going to blow me away as well. But this one is the one. This is the one. All right. This is it. This is the almighty. All right. I don't need Lashley going through a divorce table. This is the one.
2: It has to be black winning, though, correct?
1: No, fans win either way. Don't. Well, yeah, of course, what, they're going to go black winning. What? Black's what? their bigger star, what? yes. But uh, black, black, no tack backs. So, I mean, look, if Buddy went, I'd be fired the heck up. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll go out with a bang on my final show. Buddy Murphy wins, all right? And then we all win. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Guy's got great pecs. You know what I'm saying, Jack?
0: 205 pounds buddy murphy yes exactly no Al- alistair black wins just everyone heed my advice from last week when alistair black does win buddy murphy is not buried buddy murphy's not getting fired buddy murphy's not getting sent to nxt You're, calm down it'll be a competitive match it'll be a great match both men will be fine
2: exactly and i think you saw it also from raw uh on monday night with the andrade uh, umberto carrillo match andrade lost it doesn't mean they're giving up on andrade they're telling a story with Zelina vega hopefully they don't split them up but they were giving Creo a really big win to elevate him because he had been losing so much to Styles and been on the end of of many of those matches. So they're elevating Creo, they're elevating Andrade, they're elevating Buddy Murphy, and they're elevating Alistair Black. And if you said, "Hey, pick four dudes," maybe I wouldn't have mentioned Creo, but the other three who you want to get elevated on Raw, those are the dudes. Those are the names. Silver King likes yeah, Raw. Yeah, the Creo
1: Andrade match from Raw was really good too. Oh.
0: There was too. Mu- That's too much Latin handsome to be putting on television. You cannot have that much handsomeness in the ring. It's too much. I feel insecure. You cannot do that to me, Heyman.
2: Adam, do you
0: want, want the mask
2: back on the uh, Sombra? Too much handsome.
0: Adam, you
1: know too much I have had a lot of problems with WWE right now, and you know that most of it is talent underutilized. These two guys could make a five-star match, but they don't get the chance to. These two guys are wrestling, but there's no actual story. This, that, this, that. Oh my God. Um, unfortunately, I'm at the point where you could you could pick the two best wrestlers that I love the most, and say, you know, you, you know, you, you could say Buddy Murphy, and this guy's having a program, and it starts tomorrow. I'm beaten down past the point where I believe WWE could give us the type of, like, give us a type of storyline where at the end we go, "Hey man, remember that feud?" Give us the combination of storyline and pay per view matches where at the end we go, "Hey man, remember that feud? That feud was great. That feud was feud of the year material. That feud was great." And I don't want to always go back to that um, time I started a revolution from my bed, 2018 SummerSlam. But that really may have been a turning point where it just stopped being about that. Because before that, Adam, we did podcasts together for a few years. You know, we look back at the recent years. I'd be like, man, that 2016 AJ Styles Roman Reigns feud was short, but I loved every minute of it. And we could be like, man, Cena Styles from that year. That's one of the better feuds of the last. Can you name a feud in the last two years? No, but Brian, no, no, I'm serious. I'm serious for a second. I'm serious.
2: No, okay, I, I'm too. I am too. The cause... last year, really, really, the last year, eighteen months, has not been good. We we've gone over this ad nauseum. But
1: I'm asking you a specific Brian, question.
2: But they're but well. they're two months in. They're two months in, especially RAW, to trying to turn things around and give us something. And what they are giving us, Let me is longer term storylines and things that are interesting us and things we're praising. You can't expect them to go zero to 60 in two months.
1: You mean you can't expect them to go booking? Let me ask you this because it's my last show, so I want to get these questions in now. Um, (laughs) We know NXT because NXT's 2018 was the best thing ever, and 2019's been pretty badass. So we know that they can take two guys, even if it was two guys that fell into a feud because of injury – and give us, like, an all-time great feud. Like, we're like, oh, my God, is Cole Gargano better than Champa Gargano? What the hell's going on here? This is amazing. And all these smaller, quicker feuds, like Velveteen Dream and Ricochet we're so good and so whatever. Um, We're two years now on the main roster where they can't complete a story. They can't give us two major stars and have three great pay-per-view matches where we actually remember what that feud was about. It's all a soup of dead ends and circle turns and whatever. How do you have the confidence right now that it goes anywhere else?
2: I don't have the confidence. I have the hope. And I'm watching Raw on Mondays. And I've watched five, six weeks in a row, however long it's been. I'm forgetting at this point where I am completely entertained. And I'm saying these have been damn good wrestling shows. And we're coming off a Survivor Series pay-per-view that was freaking good from start to finish. Maybe one or two lulls in the entire show. So what WWE, mostly Raw, 75% Raw, 25% SmackDown, and Survivor Series has given me over the last eight weeks, six weeks more, I've said, yeah, this is going in the right direction. This is really good. I still have NXT to fill my feel spot. I still have AEW to fill in whatever holes are left that NXT doesn't completely saturate on Wednesday nights. But on Mondays, I'm watching Raw and I'm saying, I'm not wasting my time watching this like I was for the entirety of 2019 or eight or 2018. And I have SmackDown where I'm like, you know what? Damn, Brian and the Fiend are doing something over here. And Sasha Banks is back. And that's not working right now. But there's things happening. Roman Reigns is rehabilitated. There are there are um, lights flashing where previously it was black.
1: But you didn't. And but the I think spirit of awesome. the question is different. You're talking about your optimism that Raw turns it around. And there's, but there's a difference between, hey, Raw gave us four good episodes in a row, right? Because it was entertaining, and they put these two guys in a match, and telling a long-term storyline. Even, even starting? short, but even short-term, long-term, even like six-month storyline. Do you do you have that feeling like that's even in their plans anymore? Forget, can they do it? Do they even care about doing that anymore?
2: So I think they are doing it with the Fiend. True. So that's yes, that's one. Okay. I don't I don't know that they're doing it with everyone. With Becky, it feels like they are. Um, but it's been a lot of start and stop because there's only so many women, and she already reached that peak where she won both titles and beat Ronda Rousey. And where do you go from there? But they don't want her to lose. But it feels like they have a direction for her, for many that they've been building at least in SummerSlam. Uh, I feel like with Rollins coming out of the Fiend, coming out of Hell in a Cell. I feel like they're on a particular direction. Uh, and I, I feel like with Alistair Black as well, it seems like they have a plan for him in particular, maybe Andrade as well. So yes, I don't think every single storyline that you have needs to be six months, a year, 18 months, et cetera. But if you have a couple of those, and then you have a couple really well-built three-month storylines, and again, you do not have to like the Rusev and Lashley thing. I don't really like most of it that's happening. But you can't deny that they sat down, figured out a three-month build for a non-title match or two months, whatever, and are executing it, and they're trying. So, you know, yeah, their hope a, is there. I think answer. they are giving me examples that they can do these things. The question is how great can they do them? You know what? That know. was
1: actually a fair answer. You pointed out more storylines that are well that I didn't give them credit for, which I think shows me I'm too far gone, and that's fine. And, and that's think about Rothen's coming out of Hell in a Cell. Jack, that's if where they, we're at. Sometimes if you got to be plan- honest.
2: Sorry to interrupt you. If they have a plan for Rollins at Mania, you're talking from Hell in a Cell to Mania where they've taken a Rollins character that we thought they ruined and are rehabilitating him, turning him heel and moving forward in a positive direction. I don't know what's going to happen at Mania. I don't know what the end goal is, but if they reach it, are you going to look back and say, hey, yeah, uh, the two months before that sucked, so I can't like what's happening now? No, I think so. You like what's in front of you. I like what's in front of me. Me
0: personally. My gauge is going to be WrestleMania. I think right now is a bad time to talk about storylines, especially coming out of that awesome Survivor Series, all-star extravaganza we got. And now this TLC match where Baron Corbin's throwing dog er, dog food on Roman. <laughs> uh-huh. But, however, to that point, Brian, like I've told you, and you know, I know it echoes what Adam How says. How many times do I, I send I, you a I,
1: Slack message, Jack, and go, am I crazy?
2: Or and what do we, we end up TV talking
1: ever? about you're all like, the time? No, it was I actually think. pretty good. I think you're crazy. It's I'm too far gone, Jack. It was a good run. All right. I,
0: I, I but here's it. Th- I have hope. I do, especially on you know, the Rollins turn. The little elements here. I'm not going to talk about storylines just yet. But if they completely botch the road to WrestleMania, then I'll be with you, BC. We'll be the one saying this is of the last course. time we're talking about WWE. if they botch miss. Tampa, you'll,
2: you'll, you'll be with him. You think I'm going to defend them if they botch the road to WrestleMania? Tampa
0: with with this like if. Like we're t- we're pumping up. I pump up bra to you, Beast. I do I do it how many like three, four times a week I do it to you. Off this show, I pump raw up to you. And but if like I come out of WrestleMania season asking Paul Heyman, what the hell was that? Then but I'm gonna I'm gonna give that because we got the season coming up right now. Like I said, the bad time to kind of great storylines or anything like that, or what the storytelling they're doing. I love or these what, listeners I, too much I will to tell me. you my thoughts when it plays out.
2: I've literally said to both of you separately, and I'm going to say it again, and I hope I don't have to repeat it, but the worst time of the year for WWE, there's twice a year, and it's coming, it's when they, basically the month before, and then leading into the week or two after the Saudi shows, because it bastardizes their already weak booking, and it makes things as bad as they possibly can be. There is not, I don't think, another Saudi show, until like June next year. I don't think they're doing one immediately after WrestleMania. So as I've said previously, they have like a six, seven, eight month span here where there are no excuses. I said this to you, BC, like right after that, when, we, when you told me you were as down as you had been and things have gotten better ever since that conversation that you and I had. They have that period. They're in the middle of that period. In fact, they're not even in the middle of that period. They're in like halfway through the first quarter of that period. So they're on our way to building towards Royal Rumble which then builds towards WrestleMania. And And right now the build that they have given me coming out of the Saudi show, we'll say two weeks later, uh, to survivor series was successful. Then survivor series till now has been successful to this TLC (sighs) pay-per-view. I I am going to hold out, hope they're going to keep it going. And if they don't, I'm going to turn on them just as quick as I did in 2018 and 2019. I do have some good watching
1: though. Will you keep watching?
2: It depends how bad it gets. Was it, was I the only one who
0: caught last night? Speaking of WrestleMania season, and here they granted one of my wishes. There is no fast lane pay per view next year, correct? Vic Joseph, when they announced the Elimination Chamber, in Philly said the last stop on the road to WrestleMania, and I popped my head. I hate that fast lane show. I hated when they inserted a <laughs> second show in between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. I yep. detested it. And he said the last stop, and I went, "Wait, what did you just say?" They've had it's some another- matches though through the years.
2: It's another example, though, of them, That's right, Yeah. It, it, to be fair to them, it's another example of them kind of realizing, okay, like, I'm going to listen a little bit. This isn't working. It doesn't sell well. Let's put all of our eggs in these baskets of these pay-per-views. And if there is a large gap between the pay-per-views, then let's deliver some stuff on these weekly television shows that people actually want to watch. Think about NXT. There's not another NXT event until this, because they're not doing a, a takeover at Royal Rumble. They're doing a World's Collide. So until this NXT Portland thing that's between I guess, Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, right? So what's NXT doing? They're giving us a pay-per-view card on their final show of the year in two weeks, and it's going to be freaking great. So I think as long as WWE adopts that mentality that they used to have back in the day when they had 12 firm pay-per-views and they didn't do these extra events, I think it's going to be successful.
1: Hey, by the way, for Fastlane, shout out, to the Reigns Daniel Bryan face versus face main event in 2015. And shout out to that forgotten triple threat 17 minute classic in 2016. Reigns versus Ambrose versus Lesnar. Love that
2: match. Thank you. I wrestling. actually completely forgot about that. I don't so even. Did, yeah, so did I. Jesus. I Ryan. Had all. Hey, I used yeah. to be
1: a big WWE fan, man. You would have loved hanging out with the podcast. <laughs> Look, I love my listeners too much to keep. If the listeners are like Adam and they can live through this and they have hope and they love it. And that's their thing, man. I can't keep I... coming on this show and crapping on and, and ruining their time. So I'm going to go away. And hopefully when I come back, WWE will also be back. But while I'm away, folks. Wednesday nights are for everyone, just like Baller Club, and it's well, so well, good. While well yeah. he's
2: away for six days before we have our next episode no, no, of the that's state that's of MMA, oh,
1: that's it. I'll, I won't be watching TLC this week. I'll be on an airplane back from UFC 245. I'm taking an ex- in a, a, a extended, vac- permanent vacation. Maybe, sh- sh- maybe a permanent vacation. Oh,
2: but VC um, may, may not be watching TLC live. Uh, Silver King and. Uh, by the way, new nickname for Jack also, Black Jack Crosby, which I think is oh, wow. actually superior. don't mind
0: it. Brian, if you lump me in with Black Jack Mulligan, that gives me tons of street cred. Yeah. Oh
1: wow. So that's better than Jack Crosby too. You know what I'm saying? That, that gives me tons, tons of, of street, street cred.
2: Superior. And it was by it was complete accident at the beginning of last week's show. Uh but TLC instant analysis immediately after the show, right in your ear hole from the Silver King and Blackjack Crosby.
1: Hey guys, we had a good run. The, the In This Corner podcast with Brian Campbell. The State of Combat Wrestling podcast with your boy BC. The In This Campbell podcast. We've, we've been in there a few times, folks, okay? We've stretched each other. It's been great.
0: I'm going to have to apologize ahead of time because I'm going to stretch his ass like it's never been stretched before. Okay, maybe that was
1: a little too far, but we've done a lot of things on this show. Thank you to the listeners. Thank you for your DMs. Thank you for your time. I will no longer... Stomp on the grave of your favorite product. This is your friend. This is your voice. This is BC signing off for good. Follow us at the State of Combat podcast on uh, uh, at State of Combat on Twitter at Jack Crosby, CBS at, at Silverstein Adam. But you'll be hearing from those guys a lot. But as for me, your boy BC. Okay, it's time.
2: Goodbye. Good.
1: Night. Back. Forever. We out. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition,